How do you do tree? Is it just dash it's dash dash or dash tree? Yeah, LSD okay, dash, got it. dash tree. Why is it taking so long? Just gotta figure out the tree, everything underneath it. <gasps> oh my god! So it's just treeing out my whole home folder. Yeah, that would explain why the CPU kicked up a little. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like it must cache it because it seems to go faster after the first time. Surely, yeah. It's it's just chewing up a whole core. Wow, it's eating up a whole gig of memory. Dan, what have you done to me? It worked fine for me. I'm done. <laughs> you can always control C that. I'm going to have to because we're at two gigs of memory now. Seriously? Yeah. I broke your system. Look, it's not broken yet. Oh, we're up to three gigs. Yeah, I think it might be time to stop it. <laughs> it shouldn't nah, take man. that much. How many, how many gigs of memory I have on here? I've got like 16, right? Okay. Coming up in this episode, I picked up a frame. Slackware. All the Slackware. How we blew up our Slackware. And we spruce up the terminal. Welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. Let's frame up the situation here a little bit. Okay, gotta um, get the frame. You purchased a new laptop? I, I know you weren't planning to, but... You know, okay, you want to know what the real reason was? The yeah, real, sure. the, the one that I couldn't <laughs> shrug off was that GNOME, and I've complained about this so much. Oh, yes, you have. Gnome stutters a little bit on mm -hmm. the i5 that I have in my current laptop. Okay, okay. So I went and spent a lot of money uh, just to make Gnome run well. <laughs> That's what people used to say about Windows Vista. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hear you need to have... Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, so the real reason was I've been looking at uh, getting a laptop for a little while, and I had really no idea what I wanted. Um, so the laptop I had before was at T450S. I've had mm -hmm. it for, uh, probably coming up on four years now. Good solid machine though. Yeah. It, it, oh, it definitely is. I don't plan on getting rid of it. It's going to be, um, it, it's going to be, I think my main distro hopper machine. Sure. So yeah, it, it's not going anywhere. No, that makes sense. But, uh, I needed to be able to do video edits on the go, I guess okay. is okay. really kind of where I was coming at it from. Because by the time we return for season three, uh, there's a good chance that uh, I'll be back at work or uh -huh. I'll be uh, sent here or there or somewhere to do uh, something. And I'll probably need to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of editing here and there. Between. Yeah, so you'd be on the road a little bit. Right. So I needed something and I wanted to give myself plenty of time to figure out what exactly it is that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I was considering T495. Uh, which is the AMD version of the ThinkPad. Okay. That was a real close runner-up. Getting it all decked out probably would have been eight or $900. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the Framework laptop, but that one, um, 
there aren't a whole lot secondhand. That oh, and, yeah, and that's no. my main thing, right? I, I'm trying to get a laptop that is secondhand so that I don't have to spend. Well, the new car pricing, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> as soon as you drive it off the lot, Dan, yeah. I did though. I did find a couple of frameworks that were uh, that were on eBay. One of them started at nine hundred dollars, and it had the i seven, had sixteen gigs of RAM, had a five twelve gig SSD NVMe. That sounds nice. Yeah. Um, and a couple other bells and whistles. Uh, but the i uh, I figured nine hundred dollars, not much that's, more than I was already looking to spend anyway. No. So uh, why not? Uh, I waited until the last day, last 24 hours. I threw in the bid. No one was bidding on it. So I was like, ooh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just yeah. do 900 and I'll be done with this thing. Yeah, right. But as eBay does, in mm. the last 20 minutes, bids start rolling in. I had a I had a budget in my mind. Yep. And you need to set, you need to be there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I said $1,000. I'm not going over that. Uh, so we put in 950 and it it slowly crept up to 950 and then we put in 980 mm-hmm. crept up to that and I was like fine put in a thousand and we all the way up and then I think the the, the last bid or the uh, the winning bid was like 1120 oh yeah well at that point they can have it yeah no exactly yeah. after once it hit the four digits I was like nope eh, nope uh, I don't even feel bad actually at this point because nope. no just no uh the next day I was, I just kept looking and, you know, cause I, I still had the momentum. I was like, mm, but maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. just maybe. You were on the right track. Just not quite there. Yeah. There was one sitting there, uh, for 1100, but they had make me an offer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Offered 900. Then he counter offered. So long story short, I was able to get it down to including shipping a thousand. Which is good. It came with. 32 gigs of RAM. Holy cow. It came with a one terabyte NVMe Whoa, SSD. Nice. And it wasn't just any NVMe SSD. It's the Samsung 980 Pro. Wow, no kidding. One of the fastest NVMEs you can get your hands on. Just, mm. Yeah, that's sweet. Anyway, and it came with a couple of the... Oh, so the framework, the whole thing about it is that, like, obviously you can um, you can change everything in it and on it. Um, but it also came with uh, HDMI, DisplayPort, two USB-Cs, and, and two USB-As. And you can just kind of interchange them however you want. Wow. The only thing, after I got it, and it's it was totally fine. Uh, the only thing that I don't like about it is... Uh, and I think this was the guy previous, um, like, smacked it too hard. But mm-hmm. the trackpad, you got like, to push it just a little extra hard for it to click. And it's okay. fine because you can you can tap it. That works. But um, anyway, so I might have to replace that. But that's forty bucks. Oh, that's not so Man. bad. Still though, that that's a that's a hefty machine. You can yes. do quite a lot with that. You'll 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 be fine as far as video editing. I think even there on that. Um, yep. And once I get into that, I'm gonna be using the mouse anyway, so I wouldn't even notice the trackpad thing. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. So cool. That's really that's a nice pickup. Um, that sounds like a really nice system. That's as good as a lot of, you know, desktop systems out there. So you'll, you'll find it to be very performant. So that's good. Yep. The, the thing that sold me on, on the thousand was, um, it's my forever machine now. As long as framework does not go under, if they start putting out new boards with newer chips and things Mm -hmm. like that, the upgrade cost is going to be 200, 600, somewhere in that, in that, I feel like way more affordable range. And you just crack the thing open and replace parts. So at that point, it is like a desktop because that would be, you know, if I need a new 
drive or I need a different video card. You know, like all of those things that you change out in your system over time, you can yep. totally do that on the framework because it's made 100%. for that. 100%. That's, yep, yep. I remember years ago, I was like, man, you know, I wish they, they still allowed you to build laptops like they used to. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember there were a few companies that yep. would just sell you the parts and chassis and things. But, it, you know, here it is again. Yeah, and cool. I was I was serious, I guess. Yep. I went, I went all in. Nice. That's a good pickup. I like that. That's cool. Yep. So you'll likely hear more about this on the Distro Hopper episodes and things. Um, but yeah, I, di- I didn't get Slackware on it. I, I, only, I only got it a couple days ago. Right. So... I didn't have enough time to do all that, but um, yeah. So come around season three, there's a good chance that'll be the laptop that I use for uh, for the month longs. Good deal. So Slackware, Slackware. Dan, remind me. Holy cow. Never, ever, 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 ever do Slackware again. Mm. Um. M- well, mostly just it was just the history that's that's all i'm saying if we do is, it again we only got to pick up where we leave off so it might not be so bad you're not wrong okay yeah you're right i'll just copy and paste it over but wow the there's amount. a lot yeah and you know so the the worst of it was is there, there's always um release notes yeah and patrick will always put the put information in there he puts a lot of stuff in those and they're fun to read almost right so the the change log though so there's there yeah. seems to be four four places throughout history there were four places where you could find um just kind of information about slackware mm-hmm. the goings on and everything and you know thankfully there are mirrors out there that have uh all this information all the way back to slackware 1 yes all this information so i didn't have to go much to archive other than to find like interviews and stuff so that that weren't slackware specific but um, the real juicy bits are in the change log. They are. And Dan, those change logs are massive. Yes, they I mean, are. <laughs> thousands of lines in a single release. That, because it's every package that gets touched, there's a line in the change log for it. Mm-hmm. But after a, a set of packages, Patrick will kind of summarize what's happened. And this is my thought process of why I did this or that or or why we're moving this direction or Pulse Audio when that change happened. Oh, it's usually only a paragraph or two, typically. But, you know, that's where all the golden nuggets are. But you got to scroll hundreds of lines to find I know, them. I know. I read a bunch. I didn't read them all. No way. Right. That's the same. So here's the trick that I found out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Patrick had been born maybe 15, 20 years after when he was born, he would overuse emojis the same amount I do. Okay, because then you'd be about the same age, probably. May, or maybe, I don't know. But <laughs> what I'm getting at, though, is what you could control F for in these change logs was oh, yeah. the smiley face. So it okay. was, for okay, for the first maybe 10 years of Slackware's history, I know we're going on a tangent, but I have to. Um, it was colon carrot. So uh, the house top oh. thing and on, mm-hmm. on, on U.S. keyboards, it's the shift six, right? Yep. yep. So colon, carrot, and then close parens. And right. The right, because that's I a little feel nose. Like that's, that's a yeah, nose. That, yeah, exactly. But mm. after about the initial 10 years, it was just the dash, the yeah. hyphen for yep. the nose instead. The straight nose so, versus the pointy nose. Right. So like when I was going through these change logs, um, 
all of a sudden I couldn't find any of his any of his <laughs> like thoughts or anything. And I'm like, what's going on? So there I am, round Slackware eight, like manually mm-hmm. scrolling. And I'm like, oh, he changed, changed. the way yeah. he did his little ASCII emoji. Oh, oh, got it. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, um, the little things, the little things that you pick up on. Uh, so I, I I know you did a excellent research job here, Leo, but I'm gonna say that I'm certain that we're glossing over a bunch. Yeah, you just you just can't talk about Slackware in an hour. I think that's that's pretty much what yeah, it is. You you just cannot. Point. Yeah. So maybe maybe if we did this in a three part series, we could we could really get into it. But you're right. There's there's gonna be a lot. And and for anybody that's like, well, hey, they forgot about that one cool thing. Probably Email did. it to us. Yeah, no. <laughs> or or send it to us in Discord, tell it wherever, because yeah. I'd like to talk about it. But yeah. it's just not going to make the episode because there's just absolutely 100% way too much to to deal with. All right. So anyway, uh, that was the preamble. Let's dive in. So we're talking Slackware Linux. Leadership, Patrick J. Volkerding. And he is the uh, dictator for life. Yeah, the, benevolent dictator for life. That's the one. Benevolent dictator for life. And that's from Slackware 1.0. All the way to today, all of the decisions funnel through one person, and that is Patrick. So you can find Slackware at slackware.com, and its base system, it's based on itself. Slackware, Slackware is Slackware. Yeah. There's just, that's it. There, there is no... The desktop environments, uh, XFCE and Plasma... For a little while, GNOME was in there. You have Fluxbox. There are a couple others uh, that are in there, but I guess if you were going to say flagship, it would either be... I think um, Plasma. Plasma is pretty default. It's the first on the list when you see yeah. what you have, and then when you're choosing packages, XFCE also shows up, but it pretty does. far down. Yep. And I think that's just alphabetical, though. So I, I don't know. It could be. I don't know. I, I, and, and, I feel like Plasma and gets choose. a nod, but... Right. The that's, whole point is you choose yeah. because, yeah, that's just the way that Slackware is. It is. It is. Um, like I said, Gnome was there. Fluxbox is there. There's, uh, there's, there's some options that you have. Your file manager is whatever. I mean, whatever the default is or just whatever you say it is because, yep. again, Slackware. Package manager. Uh, when you think about a package manager, mm-hmm. that's Slack PKG. So that mm-hmm. would be what the package manager is. But you have additional tooling through package tool. It does. To do like if you need to go get software that someone has put together the source code and it's in a tar GZ or tar yep. XZ or whatever it is, you can pull that down and use the package tool set to just install it. So yep. install PKG or, you know, that sort of thing will get your package installed. Yeah. Exactly. So you can you can do that as well. So Slack package is the package manager, but right. the package tools can also act as that as well. Um, kernel 5.15.19 is what ships with it. Uh, I think 5.15.27 was what yeah, it left it, off. I did uh, I did an upgrade. I will tell you later about how that blew up my system. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I blew up my system. Slackware did not blow up my system. I did that too. Funny. Yeah, and and just I think it's just because. Well, you can. <laughs> yeah, you you don't you don't have a rope to hang on. You don't have a ladder to climb. None of this. It's just there you go. I was left go. to my own devices. That's my blame on that. <laughs> the tools are there, but you know you have to know how to use the tools. That's the point. Yeah. 
Uh, so display manager, light DM, SDDM, and then uh, I think those are it for the display managers. Um, uh, but, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's something in there that we missed. Um, and X11 is the display protocol and Wayland. That's new. Yeah. For Yes, in 15, Wayland is new. And for the majority of the time, I just did Plasma on Wayland. Did so, you? Nice. Okay. And it worked very well. I was very uh, impressed with it. I couldn't y- take screenshots, but, you know, whatever. Well, you know, <laughs> it's coming along. Uh, but that's cool. Like, that's really modern when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So Slackware 15 is pretty modern. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, init system is RC init, uh, which is BSD style with sysv init compatibility. Okay. That took a bit to get used to. Uh, yes, it did. Uh, <laughs> yes, it did. So um, we've got a bunch of links here. Oh, we're going to have a ton of links. I, I might even. All right. So I might even have to like refer the YouTube page to the the Fireside show notes because I don't think I'm going to be able to fit it all on the YouTube page. To be clear, YouTube gives you a 5,000 character limit to put in that description. We're not going to fit it all. It's just not going to fit. Nope. Uh, so I'm going to have a link over to the Fireside page where you can catch all the show notes. Yeah. So Slack Docs, Slack Builds, there's a bunch of Linux questions, forums um, for all the packages. You get uh, Alien Bob, who we'll talk about a lot uh, later. Mm-hmm. You get Slackware for ARM, you, uh, and there's just a ton of stuff. All right. So let's dive into the history. So wind the clock back to 1992. Our story begins in late 92 with Patrick Volkerding in need of a Lisp interpreter. And so uh, Lisp back in the day was used a lot for AI. So like the same AI? Yeah, pretty much. Wouldn't you know it? Peter McDonald's soft landing Linux had one baked right in. So one installation, a few weeks, (laughs) lots of fixes, and multiple pages of post-installation documentation later, even though Patrick didn't know it at the time. Slackware was born. Soon after, word got around, Patrick's professor asked him for help installing soft landing Linux on a personal computer so he could do the same for his students. Then the inevitable question, is there some way we can fix the install disks of SLS so that the new machines will have these fixes right away? Because that, that's the whole, that's what yeah. Patrick was doing, was installing SLS, which he, he uh, admits is, was, was great. At the time, but it just needed fixes right. after you installed it or during the installation to make it usable. So he put all those together, uh, gave those to his professor, and his professor said, can we not just make this happen automatically? And so Patrick made it so. Soft landing Linux was improved. Exact dates are a bit fuzzy because you have to reach back pretty far to find this stuff. But the sequence of events is really what makes Slackware the oldest actively maintained Linux distribution out there. But only just. Ian Murdoch of Debian was frustrated with soft landing Linux as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it was about I think it was about three months. The, they were really close to the same time, yeah. And it was like two or three months later that Debian. Was, had their first release, yep. so it was it was very close. Debian very well could have been the one that we were talking about as the first, but Slackware beat him to the punch by a couple of months. So, 1993, around May, Patrick was being urged by his fellow students, mostly Brett Person, the original Slackware beta tester, at Minnesota State to publish his version of Linux to FTP. 
He hesitated for a few weeks and gave in to pressure and posted the now infamous question. Anyone want an SLS like 0.99PL11A system? That was the kernel, the Linux kernel, yep. by the way, back then. <laughs> yep. And on July 16th, uh, Patrick, uh, well, Patrick got his answer. And on July 16th, 1993, Slackware was available via anonymous FTP. Nice. Shortly after that, Slackware was no longer available via anonymous FTP <laughs> because the AT&T 3B2 that he had been hosting the images on crashed and crashed again and again. However, some folks at uh, Walnut Creek CD-ROM and 386BSD offered up some space at ftp.cdrom.com. So the name Slackware came from Patrick's friend J.R. Dobbs and what he started calling it before the initial release. Mm -hmm. And the name stuck. It was designed for three and a half inch floppies, no five and a quarter inch support, and none was planned. Tested extensively on 386 IDE systems with no SCSI support. Uh, the kernel, uh, as I said before, was 0.99PL11Alpha, and it was obviously largely based on soft landing Linux system. Well, what's SLS, you say? Well, it's gentle touchdowns for DOS bailouts. That was the SLS tagline at the time. Mm -hmm. SLS is arguably the first complete yeah. Linux distribution, right? So we had MCC Linux, I think, prior to SLS yep. or MCM or something like that prior to SLS. But SLS was the first one that was a full, which full, we would yeah. consider like distribution, like it was a right. full thing. And the original Slackware required 24 floppy disks. I think you could download, if you downloaded everything, it was like 50 something floppy disks. But um, 24 is what were required. And 13, if you were just getting a non-graphical system set up. Wow. And originally, there was no KDE back then. There was no, no there was GNOME not. or yeah. none of that. Um, at the time, there was OpenLook. That was the window manager that was used. Um, if you wanted a mouse, uh, that, was, that was it. So about a month later, August 4th, Slackware 1.01 was released, and it had SCSI support. And lots of people with SCSI stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. And th so the reason that it wasn't in the initial release was that Patrick just didn't have a SCSI card. So right. Makes how are you going to test for SCSI if you yeah. don't have one? So yeah. It's true still even today with a lot of distributions, you know, things that you can't test, you don't ship. Yep. All right. So 1994... Uh, fast forwarding almost about a year, Slackware 2.0 is released. This is when we see the FAQ along with other information and image downloads. And those FAQs, I mean, it's it's just what they are. What The FAQ was really just copy-pasted questions from people that emailed Patrick, and he just put them together in an FAQ. Put them on a page, yeah. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, when you get asked the same question 10 times, just answer the question once and put it somewhere where everybody can see it. That's yep. That's the deal. So uh, another milestone for the kernel, the kernel had hit 1.0 in, uh, in between 93 and 94. So kernel 1.0.9 is what made it into Slackware 2.0. And through a deal with Morse Communications, Patrick finally gets some funding for Slackware in exchange for the official version being distributed by Morse themselves. 
The emergence of package tool and install package. So we were talking about at the top of this section, this was the man this is the manual way. Slack package didn't exist yet, but these did, and this is how you pulled down those yeah. uh you know globs of code and installed compiled and installed them. Uh, a community contrib for a contribution directory was uh was added in. So there were people that thought, well, Slackware needs this. And mm -hmm. so they put it together and added it. Uh, Patrick added it to the contrib directory where people could just pull down this pre-compiled code and use it. There were additional kernels added in. Um, a UMS DOS file system to run Linux from within an MS DOS file system. And you still see up until maybe like version 12 or 13 where it straight up says, if you're installing this on top of DOS. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the whole point of this UMS DOS thing was that you could have DOS installed and then carve yourself out a little bit of disk space and just drop all of Slackware in there, change the DOS boot INI file, yep. and boot into Slackware through DOS. So it reminds me of the... Th this is, I think, the very first edition of what Ubuntu used as Wubi. Wubi, Because yeah. you installed Ubuntu in Windows. You did. And then it played with the, uh, I forget what the it's boot the Windows manager was. the bootloader at the time, but yeah. yeah. Messed with the bootloader and then booted you into Linux, but it lived on NTFS. So UMS-DOS uh, and, and this whole system, that's what it was for. So you didn't even have to truly install Linux like you do today. And uh, <laughs> we realize there are just too many mouse drivers. <laughs> No kidding. You guys remember? I don't know if you remember. Does anybody remember installing a driver for your mouse? It was painful. There's no hot plug, Dan. There's no, no I know. Plug. It was not. They were serial. And yes. whether they were PS2 or serial, that's still serial. <laughs> yep. So that was, um, yeah, that, that was a thing. So, so anyway, so if you needed mm. bus mouse support, you needed to recompile your kernel. So... Take a minute and realize the things that it takes to put together a Linux distribution mm -hmm. in this time. And keep in mind that I think just in general, Patrick liked it this way. So when you continue on throughout, I guess, this history, just remember that because mm -hmm. a lot of the things we're going to talk about when we talk about how, how, we, how we fared on Slackware, a lot of those decisions were made already. Yeah. Yeah. So still in 94, October 31st, Slackware 2.1 is released, mostly just updates. Um, you can use package tool. Uh, you can use tools like wget and curl to pull these down and use package tool to install them. So 1995, Slackware 2.2 .2 was released on March 30th, and it was released with a view.exe program. Remember the DOS thing? Yeah, they yeah. still kind of assume you're in DOS. So there's a, a view.exe program to help create the boot and root floppy disks that you wow. need to be able to get everything installed. Nice. Then May 24th, another one of those, uh, just a release with updates, more new stuff. And remember, it, at, at this time, not everybody, very few people had always on internet connections. Oh, yeah. No, that was not a thing. Yeah, to just say, yeah, give me give me that list of 120 files or whatever. Yeah, so you had to be like at a university or someplace that was like like a business or a university or something like that to have. Yeah, they had the T1 lines. Yeah, and it was really slow still. Yeah, those T1 lines, 
a lot of these colleges had bonded T1, so you know, a bunch of T1 lines put together, and each T1 line was like a 1.5 megabits. Yeah, yeah. So you had to bundle a bunch to get you know real fat pipes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, most people just didn't have access to something like nope. that. DSL, I think, at least for um, not DSL, ISDN was still pretty far away from mainstream ad- stream adoption at this point. This yeah. is this is like AOL CD time. Yeah, ISDN it still does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I keep pressing enter. It still does nothing. <laughs> so November 30th, Slackware 3.0 is released. And this is the first release I could find that was offered on CD-ROM. There was a CD-ROM.txt file yep. that um, that told you about all of this. And it also created a subscription where you could just get the CDs to um, any kind of update. So when 3.1 was coming out, they would just send you a new one. And that was $24.95 and $5 shipping back in the day. Yeah, that $25 is worth a little bit more now, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It shipped with kernel 1.2.13. Then in 1996, June 3rd, Slackware 96 is released. Right. 96, you say, Leo. (laughs) 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 What do you mean? Yeah, so the the version number that's noted in the change log is actually 3.1, and it'll be known as 3.1 pretty much everywhere yeah. now. But Slackware 96 was a dig at Microsoft because Microsoft had a few months prior released Windows 95, right? So 96 is one more than 95, and yeah. it's the next year. <laughs> Obviously, it's better. And this is not the last time that you're going to hear Patrick talk about version numbers and just oh, being arbitrary and... Right. It gets so, exciting. Yeah. Hold on to your hats. We'll get there. Stay tuned. Shipped with the shiny new 2.0.0 Linux kernel. Wow. Ooh. And lots of, uh, obviously, compatibility fixes and things like that. So 1997, we see Slackware 3.2 released with kernel 2.0.29. And because of security bugs and BSD's LPR, LPRNG, which I think a lot of times stands for next generation, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, was chosen to succeed it. Uh, <laughs> hang on. June 11th, Slackware 3.3 is released with kernel 2.0.30. And it became pretty apparent pretty quick that LPRNG <laughs> was causing too many issues for too many people, not including Patrick himself, obviously. Um, but he wondered, now that the security bugs were fixed in LPR during this time, if he should just roll back to LPR instead of hoping LPRNG was going to improve and automatically fix all these printer issues for yeah. everybody else. And I guess it's just, it's, it, you, we need to note, back in 1997... Everybody hated printers then, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's not it's better. It's important to note. Uh, yeah, our, our natural predator, IT folks, is printers. It's printers. They will, they'll eat you alive. Mm-hmm. So then on October 14th, Slackware 3.4 was released, still with the same 2.0.30 kernel. ZipSlack is available, which is a 33 megabyte complete Linux system. Cool. And that's it's it's just nice that you can fit a a super duper t- well I say super duper tiny because we're we're still talking floppy disks here, but yeah. um 
Probably CDs, what, though, were a thing, though. CDs were a thing, but Zip Slack specifically was made for Zip, zip discs, disc, yeah. Which were, I can't remember how big they were now, but uh, they were the original like 50 ones megs or were 50 maybe. And then they something bumped like up that. to 150 and then 250. I had some 250s mm-hmm. back in and the And then days. jazz drives came out. And yeah, they were, were bigger amazing. yet. Yeah. I kind of miss those things, man. Like tape is just good. Magnetic storage, I guess, in general, yeah. is really good. It's not fast, but it's good. The Zip 250s weren't bad. They were quite a bit quicker than some of the other options that were available at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they held they held quite a little bit, you know, for the day. And I uh, mean, yeah, like uh, I think CDs were the only thing that really supplanted yes. them, and that was because they were able to do 650 megs at the beginning. Right. Um. But they were right once, right? And those those zip drives the, were just the over. And no, over yeah, and over and over and over again. Yeah, and it, as many, yeah. like a bunch of times, and they were good. Yep. I mean, it was, it was a way better floppy, but unfortunately, it just never yeah. caught on. I mean, it, it some not. people had them. I think we had them after they were not popular because we just found them. But yep. um, yeah, it was kind of sad. I was I was actually pretty sad that zips never never caught on. But anyway, that's what zip zip slack was for. The whole system, nice on a single zip disk. And you just run it from that, which is kind of impressive for back in the day. And it kind of gives rise to this whole, you know, uh, Linux on a disk, the Linux mm-hmm. system. Yep. So in 1998, June 9th, Slackware 3.5 is released with kernel 2.0.34. And the reason they stayed on the 3.0.30 twice before was in preparation for this. So Slackware was organized to make sure that users could install a system with networking with just 20 floppy disks and four categories. So there was a restructuring in 3.5. That way you they wanted to slim it down to the to the, the the smallest amount of disks that you could just get it installed on. And as Slackware got bigger and bigger and bigger, they were able to bring it down to 20 disks, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So you had your boot, which was required. You had your root, which was required. Your A, which was a lot of the base system, and N, which was networking. That was the big thing sure. that you had to have more disks for in the past. But now, because they were able, you were able to the, these first four categories were uh, were prioritized and slimmed down. Yeah, you could fit them on just twenty, which was nice. And speaking of AOL disks, uh, Nextscape Navigator made yeah. its very first appearance in Slackware three point five, which nice. was. Very nice, right? And it's it's important to have networking for Netscape Navigator to work, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think Netscape you had to have you had to have the whole fifty or whatever to <laughs> to get that. Yeah, one. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. You kind of need a graphical environment that, to run. I was gonna Netscape. say that's the full graphical environment. It's all the networking yes. stack. It's it's the whole thing. Right. Fast forward a little bit to October twenty eighth. Slackware three point six is released with kernel two point oh point thirty five. And it came with GCC 2.7.2.3. And that's provided along with EGCS, since it was suggested by the kernel developers because it was more reliable. So GCC, this is the first time that we really see GCC uh, come into Slackware. Mm-hmm. And, but prior to this, they were using EGCS to do a lot of the compilation. So GCC... Um, at the behest, uh, not really, it's not like the kernel developers asked Slackware to do this. It's just that the kernel developers said GCC is the most reliable way yeah, good. to compile all this stuff. So Patrick saw that, took that to heart, and just added GCC to Slackware. 
And there was also there was also a pretty nasty bug that uh, that showed up in 3.5 that was fixed in 3.6 that would um, if you were installing on a DOS partition but used an incorrect path, uh, the installer would just like wipe data. Whoopsie. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. So. Yeah, let's avoid that. So they fixed that yeah, in two point six, which was really, really good. I mean, honestly, if you didn't make a mistake, you're good. But right. um, yeah, if you did make a mistake, well, <laughs> whoops a doodle. Yeah, I hope you're on three point six and not three point five. Nineteen ninety nine, May tenth, Slackware three point nine was released with kernel two point zero thirty seven pre ten. This version uh, bumped a few minor revisions to get it closer to 4.0, right? Because we were just on 3.6 and now we're on 3.9. Right. So, and this is another one of those instances where Patrick just did it because, well, it was the version number and the version number doesn't really matter. So since it was close to 4.0, he just bumped it straight to 3.9. Yep, got close. And yeah, exactly. And with an earlier 2.0 kernel for compatibility's sake, right? So you can stay on 3.9 for a little while longer and just avoid going to Slackware 4.0, which in one week was released. So May 17th, Slackware 4.0 was released with kernel 2.2.6. And keep in mind that kernel versioning back then was way different than it is now. Linus, I think it, he decided well, 20, a- right? A lot like Patrick's, uh, you know, just make it up as you go kind of thing. Yes. Right? And yeah. and Linus admits as much. So, yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, right. So, I mean, you know, the, the kernel version bumps just, it feels like a minor revision. It feels like a major revision. So yep. we're going to bump it like this or we're going to bump it like that. So, I mean, it just seems like in the 90s, uh, versioning, ah, there was just whatever, whatever. Yeah, we're just ah, going to move it whatever. up here. Yeah. Right. So, um. So anyway, so 2.0 and 2.0, those two series, 2.2 and 2.0, were actually different enough that there were compatibility issues, which is why 3.9 existed and why it was maintained for a while longer. And Slackware 4.0 took on the 2.2 series. And so speaking of the the change logs and the announcements (laughs) and stuff, this one got me and it was peak 1999, man. The, The opening of the announcement was... Check it, yo. Yeah, check it, yo. Oh, yeah. Peak 1999. (laughs) Get your jinkos out of here, man. So, KDE, no, not Plasma, 1.1.1 is what we might call a flagship these days, but KDE was added in to Slackware 4.0. And GNOME, though not official was available through the contrib directory. So the, the user-contributed repository that Slackware bundled in, uh, if you wanted it, you could you could add it if you if you liked. But it wasn't available right out of the right out of the box or anything like that, like KDE was uh, in that version. And for you gamers out there, 3DFX graphics cards. Ooh. Ah, yes. So definitely uh, had to get those voodoo's in there. Yep. October twenty fifth. Again, just keep in mind, version numbers are arbitrary. Slackware 7.0 <laughs> is released. We just, why, why not? <laughs> released with kernel 2.2.13. So, yeah, this is a weird Slackware version jump. Yeah, it was. 
Okay, so this one's actually in the FAQ. So you can still go to slackware.com, go to the FAQ and read read this bit. But I'm going to read it anyway because I think it's it's actually really important to understand what's going on here. It's kind of hilarious too. First off, this is Patrick speaking. First off, I think I forgot to count some time ago. If I'd started on 6.0 and made every release a major version, I think that's how Linux releases are made these days, right? We would be on Slackware 47 by now. It would actually be in the 20s somewhere if we'd gone 1, 2, 3. I think it's clear that some other distributions inflated their version numbers for marketing purposes, and I've had to field way too many times the question, why isn't yours 6.0? Or worse, when will you upgrade to Linux (laughs) 6.0? Which really drives home the effectiveness of this simple trick. With the move to glibc and nearly everyone else using 6.0 now, it made sense to go to at least 6.0, just to make it clear to people who don't know anything about Linux that Slackware's libraries, compilers, and other stuff are not three major versions behind. I thought they'd all be using 7.0 by now, but no matter. We're at least one better, right? Yeah. Sorry if I haven't if I haven't been enough of a purist about this. I promise I won't inflate the version number again. Unless everyone else does again. Nice. It brings you back to the Slackware 96 sort of thing. Right? right? Just, just because. Just because why yeah. not? I mean, Windows was 95. Make it one better. Yeah, make yeah. it one better. Exactly. So that's the quote. That That is the series of quotes that really kind of drives the point home. Version numbers mean nothing. 7.0 just because. And, uh, and it worked because as far as marketing goes... Bigger is better. So, yep, we're one yeah. better. And everybody else was doing it. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, one better as well. <laughs> and then there was Big Slack. Oof. Big Slack was introduced as the bigger 800-ish megabyte brother to the 30-ish megabyte Zip Slack. So, yeah, just a, a, a massive Slackware. Yeah. The year 2000, after Y2K and everybody uh, got their pants back on and realized yep. that the world was not ending. No, it hadn't ended. It was good. March 17th, there was a Slashdot interview with Patrick, which really gave us more of an idea of why of the whys of Slackware instead of just the what's. It's worth a read, but you know I had to pull out the good ones. It, it was good. It was good. So uh, to the question of Slackware's direction as a Linux distribution, Patrick says, While we're not really trying to be one size fits all, it seems like by not focusing on some niche that we've ended up being the most flexible. And at the time, remember, Ubuntu still hasn't been invented yet. So Slackware is still fairly popular. And if you're just looking for a, well, I don't know what I want to do with the Linux, so I just want a Linux, Slackware is still a huge reason to go Linux. Yeah. I think I was on Red Red Hat at this point. Ah, yeah, yeah, they would have been. They started in 97. Okay, don't quote me on that one. I don't know. It was in the it was in the late 90s. It, it was. And so I would have been on Red Hat at this point. Yeah. And Red Hat back then was kind of like Fedora is now. Where It is. So Red Hat yeah, became the, Fedora Core, and then that became Fedora. Oh. oh, well, okay, cool. So I was thinking right on that. Yep. So on the question of uh, the closed nature of Slackware's development, remember we said uh, benevolent dictator for life, right? So here's Patrick's answer to that. There's a trade-off there. Being pretty much the Slackware SAR, I can make sure that there's a high level of quality and consistency. So just a sec. Doesn't this sound very familiar to what Linus says about the kernel and why he was who he was as far as kernel development goes? 
And still is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to Patrick. Keeping the source open is one thing, because then people will find bugs and send in patches. But having people make changes directly is a lot harder to manage. That said, we have added more developers to the team over the past year, but so far, everything still goes through me so I can check it over. And I still do most of the development myself. I'm hoping to start distributing tasks more once I'm satisfied that the quality will stay the same or improve. And didn't Linus say the exact same thing? And that's exactly why Greg KH is where he is. And now there's, yeah. So. There's a small core team there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's that's pretty much exactly what happened with Slackware, probably about the same time sure. as well. I mean, it, at a certain point, it does it just gets untenable. Yeah, yeah. But you can't have too much, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So on the question of the ease of other major distributions, right? Still, again, before Ubuntu. So temper your expectation of what easy means. <laughs> anyway, yeah. he says, Patrick says, but Slackware is easy. Trey McCombs even said that he was very impressed with the ease of installation. And I think we set up the desktop, at least on KDE, with the nicest set of defaults. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Many of the other distributions now provide a fully graphical installation, but then you end up raising the hardware requirements, so it's a trade-off. I do think keeping things primarily text-based is the most flexible. Then you can do things like installing with a serial console, and maintaining the machine remotely is more straightforward. Of course, I've been accused of being one of those command line kind of people. Oh, those command line people. I know, right? I, I see Twitter wars all the time about people just saying, go drop down to the, the command line. And then the, and then the gooey people are like, ah, I hate the command line. So, yeah, it's still a thing. People still yeah. do this. Oh, for <laughs> sure. It hasn't changed. Those wars have not ended. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't changed in 22 years. No, it, it, it wasn't changed in 2000. Why would it be changed today? Nah. Um, but right. And and so remember that that 22 years ago, as we're recording this, we still install that way. This is still the way you install Slackware. Yeah, but they're not alone. So, I mean, you know. True. There's yeah. that. I mean, what? Void and Nix were that way. Anyway, May 6th, Slackware 7.1 is released with kernel 2.2.16. And the GNU Network Object Model Environment. Huh? Huh? Mm. Yeah, that's GNOME. <laughs> yeah. GNOME 1.2 was made official and made default in big slack. So, right, GNOME doesn't stand for that anymore, but it used to. I think it's cool. I never understood what the foot meant. I still don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Because it took a big memory footprint or something? <laughs> I don't well, know. it does now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, 2001, July 1st, Slackware 8.0 is released with kernel 2.2.19. KDE is bumped to 2. Dot one dot one, GNOME to one dot four, and also shipped with kernel two dot four dot five for those that wanted it. But this is going to become important later because the the later versions of Slackware are going to move to this kernel. So the kernels were added so that people that needed the hardware support would be able to get it, and also so they could test. That's I think super important. Right. And then a familiar name, Mozilla Application Suite, the successor to Netscape was added. So you can't go like Google up Mozilla Application Suite because that is now known as SeaMonkey. You can go look up 
Sea Monkey. That is a still-going project, and we'll hear about Sea Monkey again soon. Yes. And the first, the first time I saw it, uh, at least in the release, OpenSSL and OpenSSH are now available for network connection encryption. So OpenSSL being the back end and OpenSSH being the the little connector software yep. where you can remotely re- administer stuff, right? Because Telnet before Telnet this. was before that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So OpenSSH, right? And so now we have encryption. Yes, it was slower. And most people were like, we don't need encryption. But no, even, even, it was yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's the opposite. You can't get telnet no right exactly like if you're using telnet still like you you, mm, there better be some encryption somewhere man because telnet is scary now there better be a direct connection (laughs) yeah exactly then you get the first appearance of the pasture directory and ah, i swear i just i really enjoy just a thought process that goes into this because what do you what do you think the pasture directory entails well i'm thinking like an archive yeah, what do you put out to pasture? Yeah. <laughs> so according to Patrick, it's a nice place for Slackware packages to retire in their old age. Yeah, so that's where the old ponies go. Yes. Yeah, so when Slackware wants to get rid of something, but they don't want to remove it fully from the distribution, they'll put it into pasture. And then if you want to continue to use that software, you can take it out of pasture and install it normally. But I, I just love... The names of these things, a lot oh, of the yeah. things just yeah. keep coming up over and over and over again. And it's it's great. It's absolutely great. 2002, June 18th, Slackware 8.1 is released with kernel 2.4.18. KDE 3 makes its first appearance. And we we didn't get to play with KDE 3 in this Slackware install, but we did get to play with KDE 3. Well, it's called Trinity now. Yeah, it's the continuation thereof. Yeah. Yeah. In our PC Linux OS episode, and man, what a blast from the past. Because I think Slackware 8.1, I'm pretty now that I'm putting the dates together and I looked at it and I see what's coming out with it, I know it was KDE 3 that I was using. And I know 2003 was too far ahead for that to have been, for, for whatever came out in 2003, uh, would have been the Slackware that I used. So it must have been. Slackware 8.1 that I used back in the day because it was KDE 3. Okay. All right. This is it. So now now and forever, I will certainly say that Slackware 8.1 is the uh, is the Slackware that I got started on. Oof. And I had my first real actual admin journey. For sure Linux. you did. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, you better believe I didn't update that thing. <laughs> it would have mm. been broken. <laughs> Shoot, I updated the thing today and it was broken. So, you know, my fault again, my fault, but (laughs) (laughs) oh man. So remember we talked about LPR and the LPRNG. Well, LPRNG makes a return to replace LPR. It only took a few years. (laughs) And cups is an option now too, after some initial kinks. And Mozilla 1.0. So still the application suite, still in between Netscape and Seamonkey, but 1.0 gets a special nod from Patrick. Around August, a forum at userlocal.com slash forum with a PH because it's 2002 and we haven't gotten enough 1999 yet. No. Forum, like 
yeah, anyway, was handled to, uh, was created to handle Slackware discussions and questions and answers. If you click on the link in the show notes, it will take you to the real user.local.com slash forum. If you actually go there now, it's some domain squatter. But before, uh, it, it the one that I've got in the show notes is a link to the archive.org. Archive, so you yeah. can see what it looked like and everything. So, and there's still a lot of the questions too. And a lot of the questions that people ask about Slackware today, <laughs> surprise, they asked in 2002 as well. Yeah, no kidding. October 4th, an interview with The Age in Australia. So a, a lot of the same boilerplate questions that, that uh, he was asked. This is a good interview to go get an idea of what Patrick was thinking at the time. But uh, just a good one. There's a link in the show notes. Go check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a really, really good read. We just can't fit it. We just can't fit it in the show. I've, so I've, put, much good. I've put too many quotes already. And there's more quotes coming. So I can't. I just can't. 2003, March 19th. Slackware 9.0, released with kernel 2.4.20, brought in hot plug support. Dan, aren't you so happy? We can, we can plug stuff in, and USB? it just works now. What? Yay! And USB keyboard support, yes! Holy so, cow. Wow, because those crappy Dell keyboards were still crappy back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> GNOME 2! Also GNOME 2! GNOME 2. Remember, like, this is everybody's favorite gnome, isn't it? It is. Well, that's where Mate <laughs> came from and other cinnamon and things like that, right? Right. And this is so uh, obviously up from gnome one. It first appears in Slackware in March. And the move to GCC 3. Compatibility issues, be careful. This was a tougher upgrade from 8.1 to 9.0. So there was a lot. You have to, if you go to the upgrade.txt file that's included with every version of Slackware, you need to read through that thing. And when you, this particular one was quite heavy, yeah, you had to extensive. do a lot of work. Yeah. September 26th, Slackware 9.1 is released with kernel 2.4.22. And 9.1 changed the default sound system to. You thought I was going to say Pulse Audio. <laughs> no. Also. Not, not quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in preparation for Linux kernel 2.6. OSS, which was the predecessor to Also, was still available, but it was blacklisted. So if you wanted it, you had to you had to put it together and plug it back in yourself. Hey, listen, Also still around in some places. It it absolutely is. Also did not get thrown into pasture yet. Pulse Audio still lives on top of also in a lot of cases. So, yep. yeah, also still good. It's still but, there. But uh, it, it's not normally just the only default well, you, or something. You got right? me on that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2004, June 22nd, Slackware 10.0 is released with kernel 2.4.26 and brings with it a tier. Xfree 86 has been the thing that draws stuff on your screen. Right. For, since, the, since forever. And now, Xorg. No, oh, I thought you were going to say Wayland. No, see, right? You thought I was. You, you <laughs> yeah, thought, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Not yet. Maybe add 10 or so years to it, and maybe. <laughs> and so Patrick says, and uh, so I pulled this quote. This one's a good one, um, because this change was actually pretty contentious. Patrick says, seems the community has spoken. Because the opinions were more than four to one in favor of using Xorg as the default version of X, I think I've heard just about every side of the issue now, and it was only after careful consideration and testing that this decision was made. It's primarily 
as is usual around here, a technical decision. Nearly everyone else is going with Xorg, and it seems to me that sticking with Xfree86 in spite of this would be asking for compatibility trouble. Indeed, we saw some issues between Xorg and Xfree86 4.4.0 until a few things in Xfree86 were patched. I also noticed that the ATR Radeon binary drivers designed for Xfree86 4.3.0 do not work with Xfree86 4.4.0, but do work with the Xorg release. Something I'm not in favor of is dragging around two nearly identical project projects. So Xfree86 4.4.0 has been moved to the pub slackware unsupported directory on the FTP site. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. But contentious because it was a lot of hardware and a lot of people still using X386. Sure. I mean, if you had the willingness, you could put it back together. But Xorg from here on out, because hardware, software, everybody was moving to Xorg and you really, yep. you really didn't have a choice. Nope. 2005, February 2. Slackware 10.1 is released with kernel 2.4.29. This is the first release to feature XFCE as an option at version 4.2.0. XFCE! Hooray! Nice. Patrick also notes that XFCE and KDE are two of the most advanced desktop environments available today. Remember, GNOME was still shipping. Mm. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then he goes on to mention GNOME in a separate sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what he thought of it. That's I cool. Mean, uh, yeah. September 14th, Slackware 10.2 is released with kernel 2.4.31. If you didn't see it coming, you should have. Mm -hmm. Gnome is removed and given to the community to maintain. So Patrick said, I'm not going to rehash all the reasons behind this, and neither will we, but mm. it's been under consideration for more than four years years. There are already good projects in place to provide Slackware GNOME for those who want it, and these are more complete than what Slackware has shipped in the past. Please do not incorrectly interpret any of this as a slight against GNOME itself. Folks, this is how open source is supposed to work. Enjoy. And then, as I was saying, this is this is one of the first occurrences of the nose, the smiley With face the smiley nose. face, yeah. Mm -hmm. Had put it in there because I needed to remember. <laughs> 2006, Eric Hamleers. Hamleers. I'm going to go with Eric Hamleers. And he's known as Alien Bob, who you will likely see Alien Bob more than uh, I'm more just going to call Eric. him Alien Bob. I mean, true. But so Alien Bob on the forums always signs off with Eric at the bottom of his post. That's true. So but... either or. You know what? It sounds like either or to me. But his Slack builds begins, which offered packages not available in Slackware itself. Boom. And just to, to kind of zoom out for a second, Slack builds kind of like the AUR. That's, yeah, very much so. That's really what we're dealing with here. So October 2nd, Slackware 11 is released with kernel 2.4.33.3. Also includes kernel 2.6 for those who want to upgrade. And the Mozilla suite added back in 2001, has been replaced by SeaMonkey, which is basically the same thing, but SeaMonkey was the code name for the Mozilla suite. Mm -hmm. And it's the first Slackware to be offered on DVD. Wowie. <laughs> you ever, did, is this about the time you got a DVD burner? I think it is for me. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Certainly had a so, reader. Right, yeah. I think, I think most people had a reader. Um, I, I skipped the reader because I knew, I knew I wanted the burner. But yeah. 
I mean, yeah, so just went straight to the burner. But anyway, 2007, July 1st, Slackword 12, released with kernel 2.6.21.5. This version included support for the hardware abstraction layer and allowed for adding users in groups like CD-ROM and plug dev groups to get non-root access to flash drives, CDs, DVDs, and cameras, right? So in 2006, they added a DVD. Then, almost a year later, they had to add in the hardware abstraction layer so that when you plugged in a DVD to your machine, regular users did not have to elevate to root to be able to use them. That's the whole reason why we have HAL here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And 12... Slackware 12 requires UDEV for device management and a 2.6 series kernel or things would break. So no more 2.4 series. And GCC was bumped to the 4.x series with 4.1.2. 2008, we speed up a little bit here. So yeah, I know I'm watching the clock too. Anyway, (laughs) 2008, May 2nd, Slackware 12.1 is released with kernel 2.6.24.5. December 10th, Slackware 12.2 is released with the kernel 2.6.27.7, and both releases were mostly maintenance and update releases. Nothing huge, so we can almost skip 2008, but we won't. The changes and hints files are mostly small things to be aware of. 2009, August 26th, Slackware 13 released with the 2.6.29.6 kernel. Official. 64-bit support. That is huge. And a big thanks added to the release notes to... Alien Bob. Yep. (laughs) Alien Bob for the 64-bit port. So he did a lot of the work on that and got that huge thumbs up. Unfortunately, 12.2 32-bit upgrades to 13.0 64-bit, as you might expect, is not supported. So if you want a 32-bit, you got to go to 13, 32-bit. But KDE 3 is removed here in favor of KDE 4 at version 4.2.4. September 2nd, Eric Hamilliers has an interview with Linux Magazine. And seriously, another one of those where I wish I could just put a bunch of quotes in here, but we don't have time to do it. So go read that one. There's a link in the show notes. October 2nd. Uh, Eric Hamilies or a- Alien Bob presentation at TDOS. And so there's a there's a link to the PDF where he pretty much goes into why Slackware. Mm-hmm. And yep. there's a video of that to go with it. So if you want the PDF, just want to read it, you can click on that. If you want the video, you want to go watch that. That's on YouTube, I think. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. Yep. 2010, May 24th, Slackware 13.1, released with... The 2.6.33.4 kernel shipping with KDE 4.4.3. And if I remember correctly, this was kind of the turning point for KDE 4. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it kind of stopped being terrible. Yes, it started to get good there towards the end of KDE 4. Um, And uh, yeah, I think this is about right. Yeah, mind you... It wasn't great. It still wasn't great. But I think this was the Windows Vista moment where, you know, people that, that didn't already actively hate it were like, oh, it works. It works okay. It, it works right, quite cool. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and policy kit. Yeah, that policy kit. Uh, and uh, for access mm-hmm. control was added and console kit for user switching was added. So, And, and I say that uh, about the policy kit because we just talked about the policy kit bug in the last episode. episode yeah yeah so yeah that policy kit 
2011, April 27th, Slackware 13.37. Come on, you know, you it's, know why it's 13. It's absolutely, it is. I mean, it's the most elite version of Slackware to have ever been released. Obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, well, we've already uh, established version numbers don't matter. Well, of course. And it's a return of 1999, and I'm here for it. So <clears throat> that one was released with kernel 2.6.37.6. And uh, yeah, ButterFS. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Back deal. when it was, and I'm sorry, back when it was terrible. It probably was, <laughs> yeah. But it was great that we started thinking about tinkering with these things. True. And GDISC. So that means that we got GPT partition tables. Yay. 2012, June 14th. Uh, a sad day because end of life for 8.1, 
Um, and the, the, the extra bits for XFC and KDE to make it work, a command line mixer, PA mixer was added and also output was redirected to pulse by default. Nice. 2018. Yes, I skipped a year. You're welcome. April 6th, the end of life announcement for the 13.x series. The 13 series of Slackware is announced as July 5th. Yeah, April, July. A few more months this time, at least, but it's going away. April 23rd. Slackware arm is a thing. Yay. So yes. there's no official release, but they just dump everything into current, kind of like Slackware does whenever they're getting right. ready or, you know, working toward a release. Same deal. Slackware arm, getting everything dumped into current, April 23rd. Super cool. Um, get ready. There's more. July 27th, Patrick gives a status report. He laments his financial situation and how he got there, but things are looking up. So again, these are these are like interview questions and and um, uh, change log stuff that I could, I just could not fit in here. Oh yeah, there's there's some missing, yeah, but it some sad, but he makes it happy, right? So he says, I'm still looking into sustainable sustainable funding options such as Patreon or Libera Pay, or perhaps both, and I'm open to other ideas. I'm no longer in immediate danger of going broke. And I'm no longer entertaining the notion of joining my friends at the local potato chip factory in order to pay my bills. By the way, at this point, he loses the nose entirely. There's just no nose to his smiley faces yep, anymore. Yeah, it's gone. So he continues on. My family is grateful and humbled by the support we've received. Hope we'll be able to keep this project going for a long time. And he also notes that there needs to be some work on the website. So again, lots of quotes there, but... Yeah, but he was saying that like there's there's an older system in place that would like um, take PHP and convert it into HTML. Uh, that he it, it's broken now. He's pretty sure it's broken, and so he's just been like manually editing the HTML, yep. which is why the website kind of looks like it does. So, uh, you know, yeah. I th- I think it's still the same today. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> he focuses not on the site. He focuses on oh, Slackware. So I, I get it. I have <laughs> no issue with it. It works fine. But <laughs> yeah, just, just saying. So 2020, fast forward, I know, you're welcome. Longtime core member uh, Eric Alpha Geek Jan Tromp passed away. Friend, business associate, and original prodder to upload Slackware to FTP, Brett Person, also passed away. 2021, February 15, Slackware 15 Alpha 1 is out. April 12, Slackware 15 Beta, even though it's not a beta, is out. August 16, release candidate 1 is out. November 17, release candidate 2 is out. In 2022, January 12, release candidate 3 is out. And this is when everybody started getting excited for, ooh, Slackware's about to come out. There's no oh. way they can go more than three. Wait, wait, Leo. We we got excited before that. Yeah, well, I know. I know. We've I've <laughs> been excited for a very long time, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty sure like episode like five of the this whole show in yeah, maybe. season one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. February 2nd. We're here. We're here. Slackware 15.0 is released with kernel 5.15.19 and dedicated to both Eric Jan Trump and Brett Person. There are some quotes in the changelog and the announce that you need to go read about those two folks because they were they were very close uh, to yeah. Patrick. And so anyway, go read about them. They're super yeah. cool folks. He says, well, folks. In spite of the dire predictions of YouTube pundits, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so sharp. I love it. This morning, 
The Slack Hog emerged from its development den, did not see its shadow, and Slackware 15.0 has been officially released. Another six weeks or years of the development treadmill averted. The challenge this time around was to adopt as much of the good stuff out there as we could without changing the character of the operating system. Keep it familiar, but make it modern. So, the highlights were, over 400 kernels were compiled and made available up through the release. But 5.15, again because Greg KH said it was going to be long-term support, yeah, was chosen. They adopted PAM, which is, I mean, this is how you give people permissions and things. Yeah. Wayland. So, Ray, yes, this is what I was using. Python 3, modern enough. It's been around nice. for a while. It's good stuff. UTF, UTF-8, so you can get really cool characters in your terminal now. Uh, E-Login-D, dropping CG Manager from before. Plasma 5. Remember, it's not KDE, folks. It's KDE Plasma. Yeah, it's Plasma. IP Route 2, dropping the old net tools. Postfix, dropping the old send mail. There's a mm. huge long list. I'm not going to go through them all, but those are some big highlights. And, yeah, right, remember, Plasma. It's plasma. And by the way, Slackware still supports 32-bit. They do. So if you're wondering what distro is it that I'm going to have to go to whenever everybody drops 32-bit, it's going to be Slackware. So just get ready. Enjoy it. <laughs> and 15, presumably 15.1. I don't yes. know what it's going to be called. It could be 15.12 for all I know. But well, there could. is secure boot work happening. Yep. So the next release presumably will have secure boot support. I did notice that. So like the file structure where you can go search, you know, the different versions and, you know, that tree's all been built for yep. Secure Boot. Nothing in it yet, but they're going to work Definitely. on it. Yeah. And then a note to remind you to go look at the change log. That's where all the good bits are. There are some good bits. All the funny things, everything that I thought was, hmm, that's interesting, always in the change log. The announce has good stuff. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it was mostly copied and pasted from previous versions. And the same with all the other ones, right? Like right. There's good technical info everywhere. But the changelog, that's where Patrick speaks to you. So go read those. They're really, they're really interesting. Yeah. And the last thing, I promise, the last thing, February 9th, Slackware 15 ARM is also released. Okay. We that's did it. That's it for the history. We got through it, Leo. We, <sighs> wow. Holy cow. Dan, I don't even think I can just make this a normal-sized episode. I don't think it's going to get there. I don't think so either. This is what we get for choosing a distro that was born in 1993. It's older than most people nowadays, man. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Okay. All right. Without further ado, I would normally just banter on about random things right now. Dan, how did you get along with Slackware over the last month? You know, surprisingly, I got along really well. So, um, obviously, I, I I enjoyed the trip to the Wayback Machine because it still does things in a very old-fashioned way, we'll say, right? Yes. Um, you get a lot of freedom with that, though. You get freedom to control uh, a lot of the components, and uh, that feels nice. Um, so, I can get along with that. I mean, we experienced some of that with um, Void... And Arch, you do a little bit to, you know, you can build it out the way you want, um, which is nice. Yeah. That can also be how you get yourself into trouble. Um, <laughs> and I probably did I some of that. Slackware is just the way you get yourself into trouble. Just Slackware. Yeah. Because they give you so much of that power. Like the, they don't they just do. give it to you. They expect you to use it. And for the most part, it's pretty good. Like, if you stay within you know, the normal confines. It was good. I will say, so like 
I experienced Linux back in the early 2000s, and um, I obviously do now. And it has some of that feel, but it feels a lot more modern. And that's probably a lot to do with the software that's available. But I yeah. feel like I feel like they give you better tools to work with in addition to that. So it does feel feels like a modern system now, especially with 15. So I'm I'm good with that. We didn't really talk much about the Slack builds, slackbuilds.org. Yeah, and again, just had just you can't. There's not time. <laughs> no, you can't. But I, I wanted to experience that as something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the AUR or the KCP or you know, um, you know, the, the void one. <laughs> yeah. The XBPS source. Uh, source. Stuff. That's what it was. Yeah. The source builds. Right. And so it's a lot like those. It's where you can go get the software that you can't find available in the regular repository. And then you could build the things like Discord and Telegram and Firefox and all of that stuff, you know, the. Because like you get ESR in regular in the regular repo, right. but if you want regular Firefox, you you got to go to the Slack builds or whatnot. So I will note though, there is no shortage of web browsers in in the full version, the the full Plasma version. As as a matter of fact, in the change log, in the change log, see again, just it's a really good resource. Um, uh, Patrick always mentions like and browsers galore, like seriously. So yeah, that's well, just a yeah, thing. <laughs> no joke. So you've got. I'll, I'll point them out. The ones I remember. You've got the Sea Monkey. It's still there. Yeah. Um, Conqueror. You got Conqueror. You have Falcon. Yes. And you have Firefox ESR. All mm-hmm. of those are there in the full version. So no shortage. You got your choice. Um, probably. Maybe not the ones you use normally, but they're there. No, but I mean, hey, and you at least you get one that's Netflix ready. Uh, yeah, you, yes, Firefox works fine for that, even ESR. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I even took that a step further and I installed Flatpak. Not that I needed to, because a lot of that stuff is in the Slack builds, or I mm-hmm. could have gone old school method like you did, Leo, and yeah. download the binary thing and install it that way too. Because originally I had done Discord that way and it worked mm-hmm. fine. And I even updated it once and that still worked fine. So that says something. You really got to spend some time like linking it correctly and putting mm-hmm. it in the exact correct spots. Otherwise, it does like blow up on you or like mm-hmm. just stuff doesn't work. So, yeah. So, but I, I took it a step further and I installed Flatpak. And guess what? That worked too. There was no problems with any of that stuff. I was very tempted. I was very tempted to do Flatpak, but I I resisted the urge. Yeah. I just, well, I, I just, wanted to try it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and so uh, that all went great until it didn't, and I, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't oh, no. know what happened. And I did an update, and I last it was just last night, and I'm like, I go to log in, it takes my 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 password, and it looks like you know you know the page, you know how the SDDM starts to dim just a little bit and fade yeah. into the desktop, and no, it didn't do that. It just dimmed a little bit, and then it hung up there and stayed forever. I have no idea what um. I was doing. And so I could switch to the different uh, virtual terminal. That was good. I could. I didn't totally bork the system, but I learned about uh, the Slack package clean and what that does. Basically, oh. that wipes out all the foreign packages and takes it back to the step of just the native packages. 
And so in doing so, obviously it wiped out fire, you know, the, the flat pack and the discord yeah. and all of those things. And I had to reinstall them. But after I was able to get back in, um, I was able to reinstall those and then I, then it just worked again. So I, I don't know what it was. I had to refresh something following a, a, an update that I did in the main packages probably is what it amounted to. A lot of the package managers or a lot of the distributions that we use on a day-to-day -day do a lot of things in the background that mm -hmm. we just don't even consider anymore. Right. And in Slackware, it obviously did not do that because you were meant to do whatever background process every other distribution does. Yeah. And because of that, some hook didn't yes. hook. and. Yep caused a cascade of issues that prevented you from logging in. Why those particular softwares would prevent you from logging in, I don't know. That's It's a very interesting break. I'm not sure which one of those things did it, but it, it did anyway. And so because, like you said, like even Arch has hooks in, in yeah. when, it, when, it, when it does updates. It, Arch, the package management there, it handles a lot of that stuff in the background. A hundred. See, and so I, I really wanted to drive that point home. So. Arch is very difficult to install. Right. But once you get yourself a usable system, you really do not r appreciate how much Pac-Man does for you. Yeah, it does. I mean, just a Pac-Man S Caden Live. The just imagine if you will the amount of dependencies that's going to pull in oh, a yeah. fresh system that doesn't have any of that stuff on it. Slackware will not do that for you. It does not. No. And it, and it's but but it's by design. It it doesn't it, do it, it for you by design because you are meant to be the master of your operating system. So, so for those folks that that say, "Why well, run Arch because I want full control of my system?" You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're really still not getting full control over your system because you did you really inspect every single one of those dependencies and ensure that they were installed correctly in the correct place and everything? Probably not. Right? Like in Slackware, you have to do that. So the the workload is flip-flopped. Mm -hmm. In Arch, the hard part is getting it all up to uh, getting it all installed in the first place and yep. then just kind of tiptoeing and making sure that you don't make big bad mistakes. Slackware is kind of the opposite, right? If you can install Void or you can install NixOS, you can install Slackware. That's not a big deal. But Things like, and here's where I messed up. When you do, uh, well, okay, let, let me let me step back for just a sec because there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can do it the old admin way, which is um, like when you want to do updates, for instance, you got to go to the FTP site under patches, packages. You you need to pull down all those, all right. and then you need to manual, manually install them. So yes, Slack package will do that for you, but. If you want to do it the real admin way, you'll wget all those things. You'll put right. them in a directory. You'll um, switch to a TTY, log in as root, swap to init one, or get down to um, yep. you know, run, run level. level one, yep. uh, single user mode, find your packages, and then upgrade either each individual package one at a time to verify one at a time or right. just you know star TXZ because they're all TXZ now yes. um, instead of TGZ, but upgrade package. All that, and then individually make any changes that need to be made for those packages, right? And then you can reboot and everything's cool. But um, you can also use Slack package, uh, enable a mirror. One mirror, one yep. mirror, no more. Just one. One. <laughs> Just the top one, actually, because the top one kind of gives you two other mirrors. So it's it's actually pretty smart in the way that it handles it. It is, but don't pick more than one. 
Exactly, just one. Um, and and then go to Etsy Slack package blacklist and make sure that you are like, especially kernels, especially kernels. Go blacklist the ones that you don't want. Right. And then Slack package update. Um, if you have patches, Slack package install packages, and then Slack package upgrade all. Right. Kind of very apt e at ish. this point. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> and here's the thing that messed me up. Here's what messed me up. If you install a kernel, it doesn't have the hooks like Ubuntu and Grub, right? You can see it. Like Grub is like, oh, cool, adding this to initrd and doing this, all this, make config and make Grub and whatever. Ah. Like none of that happens. No, so it's there not doing I am, like an idiot. I reboot, can't boot, doesn't boot. But why? And then, yeah, and then I find out, uh, oh, you didn't call Lilo and tell Lilo about the new kernel. So, yeah, <laughs> take yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. So, Lilo dash V, don't forget. Update your bootloader. Do, don't forget, because if you forget, yeah. you will have problems. You will. <laughs> and that's that's the thing, right? Like, it is full administrative control of everything. And so if you are unsure about anything, don't do it. Go research it first, then right. come back and do it. There is no, um, you know, I think that's that's why Arch is so great because they have the wiki. But the downside to the wiki is that you don't have to understand what the wiki is saying. You just have to be able to, at the very least, translate what the wiki is saying into your personal system. Yeah. And you're good. You're golden. You don't have to understand why it's doing what it's doing. But, you know, it, it's there. There's there's kind of, there's a ladder there. There's rope there to climb. But with, with Slackware, it's, these are the tools. Yeah, there you go. Make and sure you I'm, do it right. I'm sure that's how I broke it, right? I, I, I <laughs> exactly, added. Exactly right. Yeah. No, 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 no. I added the the stuff from Slack builds, and probably something in the base system updated, and I didn't pay attention mm, to, to what mm -hmm. updated over there, and I needed to rebuild those other things that that I had added from Slack builds. Probably that's what happened. I don't know. Whatever. Rebuilding it fixed it. So exactly. <laughs> So the other thing about Slack builds is, that I'll mention is um, while it doesn't handle the dependencies for you, there is a little script that uh, if you I, I'll link in, in the show notes um, that you can run. And it basically tells you all of the dependencies that you need to install to make this package that you want work. So like Flatpak is one of them. And so, you know, you need some XDG tools and, mm -hmm. you know, the... All of all of there's a bunch of bits you need, right? So you have to install those first, and then you can install Flatpak. So you you can put all those in a you know one line thing, and it'll put them in the queue, and it'll queue them up, and it'll do it, and boom, Bob's your uncle, and away. Alien you go. Bob's your uncle. Alien Bob might be your uncle. You yeah, you want him by your side because he helps you out. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, it, so it gets you the tools that you probably want to have a usable system so uh one more thing that i've got um if you enjoy the system administration side of things that we talked about this is a good distribution for you you have full control if you're new this is probably not a system for you all right so oh, don't yeah. start here please <laughs> probably should have mentioned that at the beginning of the episode you know what's funny is that didn't. i feel like it would be easier to start with arch than it would oh, be to start with slackware for sure um, because the the moment you want to make a change to Slackware, ah oh boy, oh man. With with Arch, you could probably Pac-Man it, and it's fine. It's fine. 
even throw a yay in there. Get some get some AUR action going, and you're still not going to break the system. Probably but not. Boy, oh boy, with Slackware, one one misstep, and you're going to wish you hadn't done that. Yeah, and so because it, it is more advanced, but you, you know what? I'll say they're probably okay with that. They they know they're not hitting every user out there, but I think they're okay with with targeting the people that want this. Yeah, they they said it back in the mid '90s. Yeah, and and I think Arch took the same the same stance in general because the community do. does a lot of the stuff. They do that that is really fancy about Arch, but and Arch themselves they have a path that they're walking, right. just like Slackware does, and they they fill their own niche. And the thing that makes Arch probably easier, I'll say, is the documentation. Right, maybe. Um, although the docs on Slackware are really good. And those, I actually thought so. The the, the uh, whole install is covered. It is. And, but the, those things are delivered by the community for the most part because it's a wiki. So you can get mm-hmm. contributors from, you know, all over on those things. So I, I, I think that's those are the things that make it very usable um, are, are the documentation things. You don't have to do a lot of reading, though. So if you're not into reading... This might not be for you either. Oh, no, um, no. Yeah. So, Well, neither is Arch at that point, so. <laughs> I, I will say I think the quality here is really high, really high. Even though it's an advanced thing, not for everybody, the quality behind it is excellent. 100%. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't go as deep down as you did in okay. Slackware, um, but I only needed a few pieces of software that weren't already installed by default. Yeah, um, I didn't need much so, either. Yeah, a lot of the things. I mean, okay, so if you go with the full fat like Slackware, mm-hmm. you pretty much get everything, like everything. Oh, if it's you open do. source, yeah, you probably get one. I mean, you, it may not be the one you want, but you get one, and I think that's great. So the things that I didn't have was Discord and Telegram and modern. Okay, I can't say modern because ESR is modern. It's just not new. It's gotten a lot so, better. Yeah, so so I wanted the latest, greatest Firefox. Which is fair. Um, and, and those three, luckily for me, I didn't have to go outside of, uh, too far outside of Slackware because those are already pre-compiled binaries that you can download and just yep. put them in the right spot, link them correctly, give yourself a little icon on the desktop or something like that, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Bitwarden was the other one, and that's an app image. That's, so yeah, app image is easy. Download it, double-click it, whatever. And yep. honestly... We could probably get by with um, a couple of more app images if I really needed yeah, to. But I think that's what makes Slackware stable. Slackware has the, I, I think, the base next to Debian good. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, is is stable. Just stable. Yeah, very. It's not going anywhere. Mm-mm. I mean, you can still upgrade your packages or whatever, but Patrick and co. have spent hours, if not days, testing everything to make sure that they work you together. Know, barring some kind of weird hardware issue, it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely work together and it's good. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much the experience. I mean, outside of dumb mistakes that I myself made, Slackware was fantastic. I I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that doesn't want to get their hands dirty. And, right. and again, I have to reiterate, get your hands dirtier than Arch. Oh, for sure. You, I mean... <laughs> The fact that it doesn't resolve dependencies for you is a feature, yeah. not a bug. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you really do have to maintain a system. So yep. 
For figuring out how a system goes together, art's fantastic, especially if you pay attention to what you're reading in the wiki. For maintaining a system and actually understanding how the system goes together and the dumb things that you can do to break it. Don't get me wrong. Arch can do that too. But I think to a bigger, larger extent, Slackware is the platform to learn on. Yeah. So they they each have their place and they're, they're both very good as standalone. But there's a lot of learning to be done in both. And Slackware is just good in that way. And maybe not, maybe you don't start your learning there, but it's a place that you can certainly continue it. And I I, I think it's really good for that. Um, Teaches you a lot of the underlying system things that you don't get anywhere else and probably won't. So, um, yeah, really good learning experience. And we're big on that because Leo and I continually learn new things. I'm, I'm super appreciative of... Having undergone this experience, um, because it it it's taken me to another level. I feel like, um, yeah, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't been slapped down like this quite. No, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it's been a while, man. And then Slacker was like, <laughs> "No, that's yeah, not, not how you do that." Yeah, wow, and then it humbled me a bit because I was like, "Same here." Wow, but you wow. know, you dear listener, keep trying to challenge us. <laughs> Um, into things that we cannot handle. And, uh, I will say we've met the challenge every time. I, I, we have not, I don't, I don't think we've sat down and come up to a distro and we were just like, well, we couldn't do it. Nope. I'll so, do it again. I'll do it again. I love it. We have little is, bits and pieces here and there that are broken, but not the whole entire thing. Nope. Nope. No, we'll always recover. That's, that's the thing. So, but Slackware was probably, I, I got to say, Slackware was, was one of the, the most toughest. challenging. Yep. It was it was the most challenging for me personally out of every distro that I've ever used. And it wasn't challenging from the standpoint that somebody threw something at you that, that didn't work. It was challenging in the fact that you had to yeah. keep it from breaking itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, every once in a while, you'll get something, you know, you'll install a piece of software, it doesn't work, and you'll be like, ah, and, you know, that wasn't yeah. your fault because you didn't make that. Um, this, any problem you had, it's a problem that you made. <laughs> yep. You did it, man. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So knowing all of that, I have to ask, Dan, this is going to be your new daily driver, right? Ha <laughs> ha. Um, I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the experience. I really did. But uh, no, I'm not keeping this. Ah, well. I may come back to it again, you know, in the next release or, uh, you know, a point release even might try it out, but. And and have a good time with it, but I am not probably going to drive this daily. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm in the same boat. Um, maybe it's because I've just gotten to the point where I'm okay with not tinkering. I love tinkering. I will tinker all the time. Yeah. But I'm okay, like, update grub for me. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. No, it's fine. Go, go right, you know, you, you do you, grub. Yeah. You got this. But, yeah, I don't think I'm going to keep it. No, I'm not either. But man, what an amazing journey it was. Mm-hmm. What a blast from the that. past. And I mean, it, it brought back memories that I don't remember having. You know, like uh, 2002, it, it absolutely was. Slackware at 0.1. I love it. I yeah. love that stuff. And I love what it it's taught me over the past, quite literally 20 years. So that it'll always have, I'll always love Slackware. Yeah. I don't know that I'll daily drive Slackware. That's fair. <laughs> And I know I know you got deeper into the history than I did, and I, I I still did some of that though, and I enjoyed 
reading all of that and reminiscing of the change days logs. By. Yeah. Go read the change logs. It's just a yeah. gold mine. The, we, the, I'm serious. The podcast could have been five hours. It could have been if we would have just brought in all the change log stuff, all the things he was thinking, all the all the stuff that happened. Great, I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's please let's close this out and move on. Housekeeping, housekeeping. The Linux and open source pod and podcast community has some fantastic resources, and we want to make sure to highlight that in our showcase for this episode. We want to draw your attention to the Slackware Arm podcast, of course. What? This is hosted by Stuart Moses Winter, a platform architect and developer for the ARM port of Slackware. Uh, Leo and I only discovered this close to record time, so I haven't had listened to too many episodes yet. But what I did was very enjoyable. It, it sheds a bunch of light on Slackware itself and some of the people behind it, honestly, I feel like. Um, Look, that there was so that I listened to a couple, and there was one where they had like this massive heatsink on a Raspberry Pi because they were like compiling Thunderbird on a Pi. Yeah, like <laughs> so the ARM port that is that is is made on one of the ARM systems. Like they they use the Raspberry Pi to build the thing. Yeah, so, or maybe it was maybe it was a Rock Pro something or other. But it was yeah, it was one of those banana SBCs, pies, right? Rock pies. Yeah. yeah. They got them all, right? Like all it, the all uh, the arm stuff. And And it and it's so very it's technical. If oh, if yeah. you if you actually enjoy the Slackware stuff, like if if you could see yourself daily driving Slackware, this is absolutely a podcast you need to listen to. Yes, sure. it's 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 part of the uh, on the arm side it of is. Slackware, but the, just the amount of technical detail they get into is I, I'm impressive. Impressive <laughs> but, is the word. It's and and entertaining. I mean, if you just yeah. want to hear a bunch of nerds talk, I mean, I don't know, kind of like you're doing now. I mean. Then this is this is good stuff. You should check it out. There's a lot of there's a lot of fan noise in the background because that massive heatsink was blurring yeah. up the whole time. But hey, the it's content's okay. good. <laughs> the content is good. And well, Stuart um actually has um I think it's his son. I'm not sure. Uh, and they go through an installation on the Raspberry Pi four. Whoa! And and so that was really he's nine apparently. Um and so. They go through it together, and it was very laid out and basic. You know, it was like an hour long, but they do an installation on a Raspberry Pi. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's well, pretty cool. Smarter right? than I was at nine, so cool. Well, I mean, you know, they did it together, but it still went through all of the process, and that's a good that's a good experience, I, I feel like, to have with your kids. Feel free to send your emails to contact at linuxuserspace.show, and we'll uh, discuss them on the show. We absolutely love our patrons. Thanks to everyone for your contributions. We truly appreciate your support. If you want to join the other patrons, please head on over to patreon.com slash linuxuserspace. We have our matrix room, uh, linuxuserspace.show slash matrix, and hop on over there and have some fun. We also have our telegram group. Please join us at linuxuserspace.show slash telegram to continue the conversation over there. And if those aren't enough chat platforms, we have our Discord server, linuxuserspace.show slash Discord. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, at linuxuserspace, to get all the latest announcements for this show and for highlights for things that impact your user space. And Mastodon, at linuxuserspace, at 
mastodon.social. That's it. That's our Mastodon place. We're there too. You can watch our faces on YouTube, linuxuserspace.show slash YouTube. And we have our subreddit, linuxuserspace.show slash Reddit, where you can catch uh, a lot of news flow by. A lot of news. I post it all there as well. Uh, if you don't want it to get lost in Discord or Telegram or wherever, uh, Reddit. Reddit's the place. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. And yeah, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information on our website, linuxuserspace.show. We need to get focus. Okay. So the command, focus. the command is ls. One of the most basic commands, the one of the first commands that you learn when you're sitting in a terminal. And I know, I know, you're sitting there, ugh, another terminal command? Yeah, really though, because if something goes wrong, if you need to see files, if there's ever a situation where you find yourself in the terminal, I almost guarantee you you're going to type in ls. There's well, a yeah, really, I want to know what's in my folders. Right. There's a really good chance. Well, it turns out most distributions will alias ls to ls dash dash color. So you can right. get... Some nice colors, you know, colors, the directories different than yeah. the files and the devices different than the whatever, right? Well, that ain't nothing, man. That's nothing. What you need to check out is LSD. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Not that. This is just a command. LS and D. And it adds an amazing amount of color, like way more color. A lot than of color. You were thinking. So, uh, so hopefully it's right here, right now. Type color. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Right. Well, he here, <laughs> I'm probably putting an image of what LSD actually looks like. And it's fantastic. Look at it. Enjoy it. For those of you on the podcast only, I'm sorry. Go check out the Twitter. I probably posted one. But for mm, those of you mm -hmm. on YouTube or watching this on video somehow, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Check it out. It's so good. So. This, it just caught me off, off guard, especially for command line junkies, right? It's LS, but it's way better. And if you think you've seen color coding in LS, think again. Uh -uh, no. Nah. This is pretty. Okay. So, but, but it's more than that, Leo. It's more than that. I know. So nerd <laughs> fonts, right? Hang on. All right. We'll get there because that, that makes it even, that, oh, it makes it even better. So why would you want this? And we're just, we're just talking about the color coding right now. Why mm. would you want it? If you spend a lot of time in the command line, <coughs> Slackware, then mm -hmm. it's there to help you make much more sense out of the different types of output that you're going to get. Permissions are colored. They're not colored in LS. Even if you say, color this stuff for me, they right. don't get colored. And then whenever you're looking at a stack of 100, it's like, I'm sure that's that file. Over, I'm sure. I mean- so I've never it lost makes track. them, yeah, I know, I know. Just, <laughs> it makes them much easier to parse and to read. Users and groups are colored slightly differently. Oh, yeah. It's just, this needs to be the new LS. So you can do a bash alias to make that happen. You can, but what I need is for distributions to do that for me mm. so that I don't have to think about it. And it's just installed by default because, wow. Yeah, it's nice. Wow. So, okay. So Dan... It's more than colors. It's way more than colors. So 
Why is it more than colors? Oh, it's more than colors because it'll do nerd fonts too. And so for all of those little folders or files that uh, you got going on there, they all have a little uh, icon that, that goes in your terminal. Like if you got a, a an MP3, it'll have a little musical note next to it. Mm. And then if you like so got a folder, it's like got an icon for a folder. And it's all right there in the terminal. It's fantastic. And That's so nerd, that... nerd fonts are fantastic anyway. But these things, they just make it easy at a glance to see without even reading what kind of file it is or where it is or any of that stuff. Yeah. You know exactly what it is. In the terminal. In and your terminal. I'm not used to that amount of pretty. Like, I just now, what? like late lately, got with, uh, like, Posh My Shell and mm-hmm. all those other things that, like, change your prompt to be nice and pretty and gives you way more information than you ever had prior. Right. Now, this is the other end of it, where I need commands like this to make the output look amazing, as well as the prompt and the information and what is essentially like a heads-up display and everything. It completes the package. This is the other end of it. This completes the package. This is the full thing. This is everything. I need a whole set. Like, give me a whole set, all of the commands that I'm used to, just just wrap them up and make them pretty. Oh, wow. Uh, it's fantastic. Then, mm, if you're trying to make somebody learn the terminal today, I really feel like you kind of need this stuff because. Yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll woo them over. Here's the really cool thing is this is portable to other systems. It's you straight up use, binary. You, you can just get the binary and just drop it into like user bin if you want. Uh, but beyond that, other operating systems, Leo. No. Yes, sir. Are you? No. Yes, sir. You're telling me I can use this on Windows? You can use it on Windows. I can use it on Mac? You can use it on Mac. <sighs> you can use it on Linux. You can use it everywhere. It's great. You, you know what the cool thing about Posh My Shell is? Same thing. Yeah, you I know. You can use it on Windows. You can use it on Mac. You can use it. Ah, ah. That's why I say it completes the package. You can take it everywhere. Use it. Use it the same, no matter where you are. That's how you fall in love with the terminal. You use it in all the operating systems, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> That is the way to do it. We we lost all of the audience by now. <laughs> we probably did. I will say one more thing, though. Uh, the D in LSD, that stands for deluxe, and that is no joke. <gasps> that makes sense. Ah, okay, okay. I thought it was just a joke. It is deluxe, and it is deluxe. Yeah. Ah, it really is. Yeah. So pretty. So we'll have some links to LSD and nerd fonts in the show notes. So next time. What distro are we doing? Uh, but there isn't one. I know. We're not doing one, Leo. It's kind of sad. Because this is the last distro for the season. We just did Slackware. And, uh, well, you know, we're going to have one more episode and then we're going to take a little break because... I think I just need a breather, Dan. <laughs> I need a breather, too. We did a breather last time. We did 20 episodes and uh, that's a lot of work. And uh, testing out these distros... It's also a lot of work and finding the history. Not that we don't love you and uh, not that we don't want to continue on, but we need a slight break in the action just to catch our wind and then we'll be back at it. Yeah. Yeah. So last time it was about three months, three months, months, months ish yeah. or so. We came back in, in like the beginning of July. I mean, that's that's going to be the aim. I mean, that's going to be the aim. We're not going to go and get a bowl of curry together, as no. far as I understand. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Tennessee's probably in the middle. 
Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I like Tennessee. It's is nice. Is there good curry in Tennessee to I don't decide? know. Barbecue, maybe, but nah. Oh. Probably not <gasps> the same barbecue you get, though. That's okay. It's okay. If we can get some North Carolina-like like Memphis? mustard sauce or well, something. I, I, you know, I hear Memphis is good for that stuff. Okay. Okay. That's true. It's true. All right. So I, I think what I'm going to do over the time is because Josh sent me this phone, and I just haven't had enough time, especially because of Slackware. Um, to really try out the things that I've wanted to try on this phone. And I have this mm. new laptop and yep. I need to figure out how good Linux is going to be on it. As far as I know, it's great because it's made for, well, it's not, it's not made yeah, for it's Linux, but it's made with Linux yeah. in mind. Yeah. They have instructions for Linux. They do a lot of Linux work. They're Absolutely. working with FlupD to get all the firmware updates. So I don't have to do any kind of weird Windows BIOS right. update, this or that. So it's it's a Linux laptop. I, right. I'm I'm comfortable calling it that, and so that's what I'm gonna do over sure. the break. So, well, I think I think we're gonna try to get some shorts, get some short uh, yes. things that we'll we'll post. So keep me an and Dan are YouTube still gonna banter, well. you know, and the producers yeah. will be able to sit in here and hang out with us. And uh, yeah, we'll probably do the live things. Honestly, I'm not opposed to that. So y'all come to that and yeah. enjoy that with us. But um, but yeah, there. I'm I'm not going to be deep diving into Slackware history for the next three months, probably for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you you won't have to do a bunch of editing to, to <laughs> Thank episodes. You. Thank you. And and I won't have to do a bunch of show notes and pushing uh, files around. You know, all of those oh. things, right? So yeah, we're just taking a break from that. Anyway, so come hang out anyway. Yeah. So that means the next episode will be a topic based episode. And uh, we got a few things cooking. Um, I'm sure we'll have a little feedback. I know we've had a couple of emails that we need to probably look at. So we'll have we some of those. We didn't forget about you. We didn't forget. We just save you for the topic shows. So we, we can do. really deep dive into the, the last The last topic episode, I think, was fantastic because we really spent a lot of time on the feedback. And that's my yep. favorite thing. Well, if you more keep than, More them. than talking about bugs. It's it's way more fun talking about what y'all want to talk about. Yeah. No, I mean, you keep sending them. We'll keep talking about them. How's that sound? Thank you, everybody, for listening and for your support. We appreciate it. Uh, so where can we find you, Leo? You can find me at Leo Chavez on Twitter or at Leo Chavez at Mastodon.social. Nice. Well, you can find me at KC2BEZ on Twitter or at KC2BEZ at Mastodon.technology. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna redo it. Yeah, yeah. Find a find a folder that you don't have a lot of treeing from. Actually, Fine. you might be able to set it to a, a a depth. I wonder if you can set it to a depth. I bet you can. Maybe. Well, I'll just do documents or something. Sure. What's what's in documents? I don't know how many folders you got out of that. Oh, it's our sync. No, this will be good. This one. Yeah, be too do bad. that one. Do that one. Okay. Oh no, that's downloads. Don't do that. All right. Well, I'll take a bunch of screenshots. You know what? No, no. I'm gonna go get the nerd font on this thing real fast. I can't. I can't not see it, Dan, because it it looks amazing. It so, does look nice, right? Download. Give me the Fira. Even at, yeah, as we said, even got a Fira one, mm -hmm. which is what I'm using. It's cool. 
There it goes. Wow, that really is pretty, though. Isn't it, though? Isn't that cool? Dude, I like this. You can just stare at that all day. I know, really. Like, th this is... I need this, but for everything. I totally need this for everything. So, and, and I didn't realize before that uh, it does respect your, uh, your, your theme. So if mm -hmm. you're using, like, Monokai or something like that, it respects that. It's, it's so good. It really is. I like it. This is really pretty. 